Luke 16 is where we're going to land with our text. And a little introductory question for you is, how's your eternal perspective? It's not going to come up on the screen, but how is your eternal, how is your eternal, think about it, how's my eternal perspective? Now just to ponder that, here's a little paragraph I, paragraph I put together, kind of snatched parts from different places that'll give us an idea of what eternal perspective is. Eternal perspective is the idea that we should all be concerned with eternity because we will all be there one of these days. We are created by an eternal God who gave us an eternal nature and this life is temporary. So how are we doing at eternal perspective? I would submit to you that a healthy eternal perspective is, is really practically helpful to our lives. A couple uh, present day examples in my life. Some of you may have heard two weeks ago, flu symptoms, uh, COVID. I had, I had COVID. I got COVID. Anybody want a hug? I don't have it now. I had a had it. Some people are freaking out now, like, ah! I, uh, you know, had symptoms, got tested, had COVID. So you know what that did? That just, by the way, I had uh, a little bit of a fever for two days, and I'm, I'm good. Um, but it, it increased the level of COVID hassle in my life, and in my family's life. So that meant for my wife and I, she lived, we, she lived on the uh, up, in the upstairs, I lived on the downstairs. We're thinking, okay, we're going to go 10 days, at least 10 days without. So we're, we're FaceTiming each other, you know, in the same house. It was just an increased hassle. For her, she had to do 14 days of whatever that, uh, yeah, that, what do we call that? Uh, yeah, quarantine. And so in the midst of that, you know what helps get through those 10 days and 14 days? Eternal perspective. It helps me go, oh, we can get through this. Does that make sense? Eternal perspective is really helpful. Yesterday, I helped uh, participate in a memorial service for a friend of mine who died a couple weeks ago. Um, and I was reminded of the last conversation I had with him. He had cancer. Got it started early this year. Had cancer. And Chuck, is his name, visited Chuck about two months ago. And just he and I were sitting out on his back porch. And uh, I remember him communicating to me, uh, I don't remember his exact words, but he basically said, Mark, this cancer really, really hurts. And... As I drove away, I mean, we took some time and we prayed, but as I drove away from his house, I was struggling. I mean, I was kind of struggling for him. I was also a little frustrated with God because he's a really good guy. And you know what helped get me and was probably helping Chuck get through those moments? Eternal perspective helps when you're going through those things. By the way, and it doesn't just 
help when you're going through something extremely difficult. It can give perspective in joyful, fun things too. A couple months ago, I shared with you that I've got a brother who lives in Texas. Oh, and by the way, he, he may tune in today. Let me just check. Okay, no, because I was going to say hi to him. He was going to text me. Um, I told you that he's just retired, and so he's going to take some of his retirement savings, and he was looking for a car. Remember, I, some of you are here, I told you that he test drove, he was test driving Porsches. It's crazy. His, and I think I said his finances are a little different than mine. But anyway, so he was looking for this car. A fun thing, this last week he got, he bought a car. Here's a picture of his car. The 1983, because he was looking for kind of an older thing. And, but here's eternal perspective. You know what? Because of eternal perspective, I can totally celebrate and enjoy the fact that my brother got this really cool car. And at the same time, I can be really pretty reasonably content with my Honda. Do, do you know what I mean? Because... It's, I can really, I'm super happy for him. I really am happy for him because maybe someday I'll visit him and I'll get to drive it. But at the same part, I'm still okay with my car too because of eternal perspective. Another thing, eternal perspective not only helps us during the hard times or helps us celebrate with just a little more balance, it also keeps us from making foolish decisions. There are several places we could go to the Bible where individuals were super short-sighted and messed up their life. There's a story of a man named Esau who, because he was really hungry in this one moment, he traded his inheritance for a single bowl of stew. That was dumb. He would have been better off with a more, at least, long-term perspective. Jesus had one disciple, his name was Judas, who betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And ultimately, if you read the whole story, he didn't even, get to, he didn't even keep the silver. Dumb, dumb move. He would have been helped by an eternal perspective, a long-term perspective. The flip side of that is a, an, an eternal perspective helps us make great decisions and moves us to a place of spiritual greatness. I thought of Jesus Christ. It says in Hebrews 12, he's the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And then it mentions, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So when Jesus was facing the cross, the instrument that was going to purchase us, open a door of salvation for us to, to have eternity in heaven, what helped him make that decision to endure the cross? It wasn't the cross. It was the joy set before him. It was the eternity after the cross that made him make that phenomenal act of love then. It's, it's seeing eternity helps us. So hold those thoughts. We're in this series called Audience of One. It's a series on lordship, commitment to God. And today we're going to try to bring some encouragement to our eternal perspective. Whether our eternal, pers eternal perspective is not great or maybe we're pretty good, I think that we would all be helped if we were just a little 
more, paid more attention to eternity. So in Luke 16, the basic background here is Jesus is telling the story of two men's uh, e eternal experience, and we can learn from that and get eternal perspective. So beginning in verse 19, there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what, what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when, oh, this is the eternal stuff here. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. That's Bible language for carried him into heaven. Abraham is a spiritual father, so they carried him to where the spiritual father uh, was living in eternity. It says the rich man also died and was buried in Hades, or hell, where he was in torment. This is the rich guy. He looked up and saw Abraham far away, with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him. I wonder how loud you have to yell if you're in hell to get the attention of someone in heaven. But he says he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he's comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us." The rich man answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. And Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. So the title or the topic today is Eternal Perspective. And from this text, I have two eternal perspective reminders. Let me pray, and I'll give you these ideas. Well, Father, uh, I know that everybody listening, watching, we would do better to live with a, with a higher level of eternal perspective. So I ask that over the next few minutes, you'd talk to us in a way that we, we get it, either again or more or better. Talk to us, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. I have two concepts in the text uh, that'll help our eternal perspective. The first one is eternity is in, if you want to write something down, if you're making notes at home, or if you have a handout, eternity is in everyone's future. Everyone's future. This is a really simple point, but the Bible in this story uses two different uh, examples. One is the really, really rich guy, 
By the way, the rich guy is really, really uniquely rich. It describes, it says he dressed in purple and fine linen. This just seems pretty extreme to me. He lived in luxury every day. I'm not sure I know anybody who lives in luxury every day. One of the translations says he was joyously living in splendor every day. That's an interesting picture to me, like joyously living in splendor. This is a bad illustration. I thought of some happy rapper with a whole lot of bling. Have you seen any like music videos where it just feels like they're, they got all this stuff and the shiny cars and the cash and the, right, it's in my house and the bling, 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 and the, I can't rap, but I can sing, 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 and so I got my cash. How about we buy some wing, wing, wings, and we eat them all with barbecue sauce, sauce, sauce. I don't know, but, but you know, if you've seen the image, like, and it's like they're just, yeah, what are we going to do today because we got, you know, so that really is a, it was a horrible rap, but it's a picture, like this guy really has, you would think, oh, he's got everything, he can just do whatever he wants, and so there's that side, and then the other guy, which is really an extreme example, so poor, he's carried outside, laid on the street, uh, most likely because he's carried there, he is paralyzed in some fashion, uh, uh, and it's all so bad that the dogs are licking his sores, and he doesn't even, in my mind, it's like, I don't even care. And so you would think, these guys have nothing in common. But here's the shift. They do. Eternity will face them both. Now, in this life, you know, you think, oh, I got nothing in common. But listen, folks, everybody has one thing in common. Eternity is coming. In fact, you can write this down. No matter what our earthly situation, eternity is coming. And you can think of your friend who's super happy or the other one who's not so much or one who's got the bling, bling, bling and the other one who can't sing, sing, sing and getting the wing, wing, wings. And What else rhymes with that? I don't know. But... <laughs> But we're all going to have eternity in our future. And so I was pondering that, the reality that everyone here, everyone watching, and everyone we talk to has eternity in their future. And I thought, you know what, that should affect my life. And so I pondered that, and I came up with three ways that eternity should impact my everyday life. Can I give you three things? The first one starts with a C. They all start with a C. The first one is eternity should impact my conversation or my conversations. Knowing that eternity is in everyone's future, it should affect my conversations. Example, I've got a neighbor. I don't know him well. Seems like a really nice guy. Lives across the street. Sean. And uh, it would have been, you know, 10 days ago now. I was at home because of COVID, uh, but wasn't feeling bad. So I was out in my front yard, and Sean came out of his house. And he's a nice guy. He's like, hey, Mark. And I'm like, hey, How's it going, Sean? And so he started coming over because we were going to have one of our neighbor conversations. So he walked over. I gave him a big old hug, kissed him on the cheek, and said, I got COVID. Now you do too. And I didn't do that. That was just a made-up part of the story. He started coming over, and I got to the, got to the road, and I said, hey, you may want to you know, stay over there because I've got flu symptoms. And he was like, oh, okay. So we still had this conversation. We're outside. 
And uh, long story short, we were talking about life, and I, I just decided now was a good time. I said, by the way, Sean, have you ever, have you ever been to church anywhere? And I just thought now's as good a time to, as any to have a conversation that might matter. And so Sean, Sean communicated, yeah, no, not really. And he basically, he was very, fairly nice about it, but he was like, I just like, I think he actually used this word, I really like to keep my distance between me and all that religious stuff. And I thought, okay, that's fair. But can I also tell you something? Does that mean I'll never bring up eternity or something important like God and stuff in the conversation again? No. I'll probably bring it up again. No, I'm not going to, you know, go to his house every day and go, hi, you want to talk about God now? Hey, Sean, you want to talk about God now? Hey, where's he? right? But, but I think knowing that Jesus Christ paid the price for his sin too, and I don't know what his issues are, but we all have issues, and they do not get forgiven or, or solved without the help of God and Jesus Christ. So part of me knowing about eternity means it should be part of my conversation fairly regularly. I should be talking about God and Jesus and spiritual things and eternity. Recently, I helped teach a, an evangelism class at the church, and I shared of an evangelist that I heard of years ago, and whenever he would have a conversation with any individual, it was his practice to imagine on the forehead of the person he was talking to either an L for lost or an S for saved. Just every conversation, it was the way he disciplined his life, and, I, and that impacted me years ago, and I, it is a practice that I have now I don't picture on the forehead, but it, it makes me think, okay, I'm talking to someone who has, an, who has eternity in front of them someday. Who am I talking? And how can I navigate this conversation so that I can hopefully bring something eternal and helpful into their life? Eternity should affect our conversation. Oh, can I add one more to that? And by the way, this is not just if you're talking to somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Are there any Christians who need some encouragement in this season that this life is not forever and eternity's coming? Right? We should just be encouraging each other with that. So conversations, the second C is commerce. If you don't like that, you can just put cash. In Matthew 6, 19, it says, it doesn't only say don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but it says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And this provokes a good question. Am I using some treasures, we all have some, for eternal purposes? Are you using some of the money you have, some of the treasures you have to do something that will last forever? Are you supporting the work of the church? If you don't trust this church, find some ministry place where you give them some money in hopes that they'll, they're making an eternal difference. Are you helping the poor? Are you being strategic with your money so it's not just about this life? I'm not saying you can't have your special latte or your spa day or some Chick-fil-A. I made that rhyme for you just for a mental break. You like that? You're my favorite. Because you laugh at my jokes. Oh, side note. Is Chick-fil-A not good? 
I, maybe it's because I, like, I lost my taste for a little while and it came back and I bit into some Chick-fil-A on Wednesday. I'm like, oh. So every once in a while you should have, okay. No, I'm not that funny. I mean, I'm kind of funny sometimes, but I'm not. But I'm not saying you shouldn't enjoy, and I could take you to some scriptures that would say, you should enjoy some of the blessings that God has given you. You should spend some of that on yourself. You should enjoy those things, but don't get out of balance and think it's just about you or just about your family. That is a huge, eternal mistake. It's a bad, eternal plan to think that your resources are just about you. I would argue that the rich man in the parable, the primary indicator that we have of him, the primary mistake in this, this is not the whole Bible in this, ter- in this text, but the huge mistake he made was he lived his life for him every day in luxury. It was about, it was too much about him. I read a real sobering verse in my Bible time this week in James chapter 5. I'll put it up on the screen. You may not want to use this for devotional with your six-year-old before they go to sleep. It says, now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. And then it says, their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. Good night, Susan. (laughs) Sleep tight. That's a bad verse, Mommy. No, but it says they're corroded. Isn't that a vivid picture? And what's the mistake? The mistake is you have hoarded wealth in the last day. Don't be hoarding your stuff. Eternal perspective means, yes, use some for you. Yes, make a plan for if you're going to retire. You know, be wise with your finance. But man, do not not be self-centered with finances. It is a horrible eternal plan. So that was cash or commerce. Got one more. Got to go quick. I want to give you a little thought here. Another eternal perspective should affect our cause, our cause or our causes. And when I say that, I mean it's what we passionately live for. It's what we give our best energy to. And the idea is to make sure that you, we give some of the best energy of our life to eternal things. Quick confession. I could easily mess this up. A couple months ago, A friend of mine who had a set of golf clubs, uh, he had an older set of golf clubs, but they were good golf clubs. He gave them to me. So they were new clubs to me. And I had this weird thought. I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I could hit a golf ball straight? Have you ever golfed it? And so I started hitting golf balls in uh, in my side yard, and I won't belabor the point. But you know what would be so easy for me to do? Because I, you know, used to enjoy, I still enjoy athletic things and all that, sports. It'd be so easy for me to let some fun thing become a passion and give my give way too much of my life to it. Does that make to you that may not be one of your things, but is it not super easy to have a preference 
that all of a sudden becomes a passion, and then we give our life to it. But if we would pause and think, we would realize this has no eternal purpose. So that's just the idea. Be thoughtful people regarding things so that we're giving a big portion of our life to eternal things. Golf can be a hobby, but it's not, it shouldn't be a cause. Saving puppies is sweet, but can I just be clear? Don't let, the, don't let that be your cause. Find something more important. Some of you are like, oh, now you're mad now because I just said something about puppies. Don't let, that's not a cause. Dietary preferences, eating clean. Folks, that's not a cause to give your life for. If you want to eat healthy, that's great. Watch out, because that's not an eternal purpose. I'm going to just honk a few people off now. Maybe. I, I assess this. I think it's right. I've, I've been around, not very many, but a few people who have passed on and this physical body has died. You know what? A dead person here who was super healthy during this life, when their body dies, they are just as dad, as dead as the ho-ho hound eater here. Does that make sense? Like there is no, when death comes, there is no like, well, he's, he's not as dead as the Taco Bell freak. Isn't that, have you ever thought about that? At some point when we cross into eternity, like, now that's, you know, he, but he drank. He's not, he's, he's only mostly dead. That's a reference to an old movie, right? Dead is dead. So, okay, so you get the point. Find something so that when death comes and eternity's here, you didn't give your life to something that really makes no difference. 1 Corinthians 3.13 says, it's talking about eternal purposes. It says, fire will test the qualities of each man's work. If what, if what he has built survives, then you receive a reward. Do some stuff that survives. Hey, I want to promote a class we're doing this Tuesday called Creating Your Spiritual Growth Plan to do some of the things we're talking about. It'd be good if you had a plan to be spiritually mature. You can join this class and be on-site or online. It's this Tuesday. We can, we can accommodate dozens, if not hundreds of people. Just walk through this. It's, I've taken the class, really good class, to assess where we're at spiritually. I got to go to the second point. Second point is eternity offers vastly different experiences. This is the primary message of the text, or a prime, at least a primary message of the text. It's the reality that these two men have very different eternal perspectives. There's this wonderfully, wonderful heavenly experience that Lazarus has where, can I pause and give you a picture here? He dies, and then his next conscious thought is, I don't know how the death works, you know, like you're, and then all of a sudden you, but he's like, whoa, wait, my body's dead. His next experience is angels going, picking him up. I don't know if they talk or not. Hey, Lazarus. Yeah, what are you guys doing? Right? We're carrying you to heaven, baby. I don't, I doubt that they say baby, but you know, we got you. Seriously? I mean, then they just say, Relax. We got you. Pick him up. 
I don't know how they, right, you know, they take him to heaven and somehow, and I'm making this up, but I'm just imagining it. Something like this happens. They get to heaven and because angels are servants and they say, where do you want us to put Lazarus? And the spiritual father, Abraham, says, I want him right up here by me. Take him. Isn't that cool? Like that's his eternal experience. You compare that to the, the other gentleman, not so good. It says of him, right, he dies, he's buried, and it says in Haiti where he was in torment. If you explore that word, it'll come up on the screen. It's basanos. It's, uh, this is a shortened definition, but it includes like the picture of fire that tests metals. It's also connected to a, a medical examination is like torture. Have you ever had a medical examination that really hurt? A biopsy, uh, a, a, a something where you're like, gosh, this really hurts. You know, and that's when the physician says, hey, this is, you're, you're going to, right? You're going to feel a stick here or a whatever. But like I had two COVID tests, whatever it was, a couple of weeks, you know, and it, it was hard enough just to have the swab the nose thing. Anybody had done the COVID swab thing? Yeah. That just, there was a really nice lady who gave it through the window and said, here, take this. <laughs> Basically, here, take this. Shove this up your nose and spin it while I count to 15. That's what the plan was. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> One, two. In my brain, I'm like, can you please count faster? And then I got done, and then she said, okay, now other side. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. But you know what? It was okay because I knew it was, it was brief. Now, here is the important part of the picture in the Scripture. We're talking about eternal perspective. Here's the difference between something like that kind of procedure and the torture that this man's having in Hades or hell. It never ends. Because we're talking about eternity. It never ends ends. It just goes on and on and on. And so you could think, in fact, one of the saddest pictures in maybe in the whole Bible is the reality that even though this guy cries out and says, can I get some relief? Can you just bring me a little water so that I can have a little relief from this experience, this torture that I'm in? And the basic answer is, no. God has separated these two experiences by a chasm that cannot be crossed. And so that's the experience. It's going to keep going. You can whine about it and cry about it, and it will not change. I don't want to talk just about that part of the picture. It is equally as good news for uh, Lazarus who gets to sit by Abraham's side, and Lazarus never has to say, well, when, when do I lose my place? Or when does this good thing end? Because it's like, never, man, this is eternity. Last fill in the blank. Eternity will either be really good or really bad, and there will be no end.
the final question. How's my eternal perspective? We would be wise to have one. And can I give you another just piece of empowering? Here's some empowering news. In eternity, you can cry out for a different experience, and the answer is no. In this life, you can cry out now, and God responds to our cries, which is really cool. Now's the time you can say, hey, I want to live with an eternal perspective. I want to experience forgiveness. I want to be on the God side of this hope. Now you can cry out and say, God, help me. And God will say, yeah, I got you. Now's the time when you make the, the most important decisions of your life that will affect that eternal experience. Why don't you stand? We're going to move into a time of prayer. Let's pray. God, I pray for people listening, watching. There's a there's right now an opportunity for some of the more or most important decisions of life right now. Where And what is my mindset? Am I living for eternity? Am I living for God? Am I living for Jesus? Am I living denying myself and, and, and living for a cause that will last? Am I using my finances for eternal things? Is my conversation intentional? I'm going to pause in the middle of this prayer. And if this talk has challenged you in such a way that you want to live your life differently, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in the room or online, make a comment. And I'm just going to pray for you right where you're at. Yeah, I see that hand. Anybody else? You're like, gosh, this is a big deal. Father, I pray for those that are acknowledging your voice in their life. Uh, Help them be courageous. Help them be crying out to you in this life so that eternity will be awesome. And I thank you for your word and for your honesty to us through the scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen.